Hello, fans. I'm Brian. And I'm Caitlin. And this is... Domestic Debates. Ding, ding, ding. list after this conversation. Hey everyone and welcome to our very first bonus episode. Today we're going to take a shallow dive into the topic of living wage versus minimum wage and whether or not they should be the same thing. Today we're joined by our friends from the Nick and Russ Don't Know Anything podcast. If you want to skip all our small talk with them you can fast forward up to about seven and a half minutes in. Next week, we'll be back with a full episode on the topic of gun control. We are so excited for you guys to hear it. But in the meantime, we hope you enjoyed this. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Domestic Debates. I'm Caitlin. And I'm Brian. So today we have a very special and fun episode. We're recording with not one, but two guests. This terrific twosome met in Texas once upon a time where they bonded over their hatred of flour and sugar. The dynamic duo has been together ever since. These Trump-hating married men enjoy talking about culture, politics, and all that jazz. They do this on the podcast of their very own, which you can check out wherever you get your podcasts. Link in the description. Presenting the guys that don't know anything but have an opinion on everything, Nick and Russ. Hi, Nick and Russ. Hi. Hey. Hi, guys. Great to be on your show. How lovely this is. So. I've never yeah. been on anybody's show before to be interviewed. So oh, it's a me neither. Yeah. Yes. yeah. It's a first for us. Yeah, so very so, excited. So we're all virgins on this. <laughs> yeah. I'm okay well, with Ernie. I have a kid, so I'm not. So. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yes, and my son will be joining us too as he just woke up from his nap. He yeah. looks pretty cool. He looks pretty chill. What's your son's name? His name is Remy. Remy? Oh, I like it. Yeah. My uh, wife, uh, when we, we found out she was pregnant, I said, can I name her son? And she said, sure. And I yeah. said, cool, because I have this favorite comic book hero, and my favorite cartoon for, is uh, Ratatouille. So. Oh, Interesting. yeah, and his name was Remy. The, yeah. Right, okay. And I have never seen, book. look, I'm not a big uh, cartoon guy, so I've never mm-hmm. seen Ratatouille, but I love Ratatouille. Yeah. So I might be grateful about Ratatouille tomorrow. You, you, know, should, you, know. you should check it out and expand, expand your horizons. Have you seen it? No, but okay. I'll check it out. Too. <laughs> All right, we need to. It's it's a really great Pixar movie by Brad Bird, who in uh, it was one of my favorite is one of my favorite directors. He did Iron Giant, which can still kind of bring a little tear to my eye. Mm, yeah, because at one point I showed my daughter when she was around Remy's age, uh, Iron Giant, and she would when I go to work she would say things like because there's a moment where Iron Giant says I stay you I mean I go you stay or something like that and she would say stuff like that to Aww. me so it was always like very nice and yeah and like that, so I was unaware that animated movies had directors of course they, they all do. have directors yeah. I did not know that you taught me <laughs> well, something today. there you go another knowledge bomb I I come from sort of that area so yes. Anyway, and and okay. I and just to clarify, we're not married to each other. Uh, right. We're married to other people separately. Yes. So. No judgment either way. I mean, you guys would make yeah. a cute couple, but <laughs> we would. He's my teddy bear. It's good. Teddy bear. We. He's my oh, podcast oh, husband, okay. I guess. So. Oh what yeah. My podcast husband. We've talked about. Yeah, it. we're oh, yeah we're podcast husbands. Yes. Yeah. And and to clarify, it was actually for our love of flour and sugar 
that we met because we had to get uh, rid of that. Yes. We, we needed to get rid of it. Yeah. Yeah. So, we loved okay. it too much. Clarify. I don't understand. We were uh, essentially, we joined a weight loss program that focused ah. on getting rid of flour and sugar. That and we got educated on how to yes. get rid of it, how to get rid of the cravings and all of that. And so mm -hmm. it took about like 90 days for, I guess, to the cravings to go away. Probably six months, I would say. Anyway, three and a half years later, I haven't been on flour and sugar. So it's been, it's been a great journey for me so far. So yeah, you should be proud. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. Yeah. I've, yeah, I just, try that, but it doesn't it, last. Well, here in America, it's very uh, prominent in our food. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Even, like almost every cuisine, except for if you're, I don't know, maybe, no, even vegans eat flour and sugar. So like everything pretty much has it in it. Like I've even had friends that grew up overseas and they're like, I couldn't even get used to your bread because it's so sweet hmm. uh, compared to their, the bread overseas. But it's just healthy. It's healthier. Yes, it is. I mean, I lost over 250 pounds and. Wow, that's a person. That's yeah, a like, that's a whole that's a whole me. That's two persons. Sometimes I, I <laughs> at one point I weigh I weighed nearly five hundred pounds. Wow, wow. Yeah. you should be very yeah. proud. Yeah. Well, it yeah. was a weight lifted off my shoulders. <laughs> yes. I am a dad. That was my dad joke. There you go. The dad <laughs> joke of the day. So, and I lost about fifty pounds. I mean, I didn't. I was about two hundred pounds. I'm down to one fifty right now, or so. So, so it's been great. Yeah. Congratulations. Nice. Um, so we met, uh, we worked together. We worked at we Subway did. and Brian was my boss. And then I was. Yeah. So we were, we worked on and off together. And about like a year later, we become friends. And then I just realized that one day, I don't know, I just realized that I was like in love with him. And I was like, crap, like, what do I do? Uh, and then slowly but surely, we ended up together. Did he have and to fire you first so that y'all could date? Uh, uh no. Uh, I I did get kind of fired. I got voluntold to go to a different store. Yeah. No, I got I got voluntold to go to a different store because I got in a fight with one of my coworkers. So and... that's the way she tells it. I didn't want anything to do with her when we first met, and she yeah. chased after me for about a year. Yeah. Wait. Who I can believe that? Up. Right? Because like, come on. Oh. Oh. Wow. <laughs> like, it's already started the domestic debates. <laughs> yes. So people think this is an act. I. This is how we are. Yeah. No, I get it. Uh, that's the. I mean, that's pretty much any married couple, I believe. Yeah. How How do you guys have dealing with COVID and just being together twenty four seven? I mean, that's been we're all, not. I work every day. Yeah, we both actually oh. work. I had for like a couple months. I had to stay home. We worked from home, but uh, Brian never stopped working. And then I okay. have just gone back to work like a month ago. So luckily, we didn't we didn't get stuck together because we have a really small apartment, and that that would have been awful. See, One of us would be dead. That's how I thought maybe y'all's podcast came about. Y'all were just stuck together too much. And you're like, mm. you know what? Let's just argue on the air. Yeah. yeah. No. no, one day I came home and she said, we're starting a podcast. And I said, what's a podcast? <laughs> yeah. What's a podcast with you? Yep. So, another joke from an animated movie. <laughs> the Lion King. Yes. I, am I got that. I got there it. You go. All right. Mm -hmm. so Is that I the one that with Simba? Yeah. He said, what's a motto? What's a motto with you? Yeah. I don't know. What's a motto with no. you? I got it. I I just know Hakuna Matata. That's all I remember. I remember that one, yeah. All right. We're going to talk about minimum wage versus living wage and whether or not we should raise minimum wage to be a living wage or if they should remain separate. What a hot topic. Yeah, super fun. It does sound like a hot topic. Well, let's just dive right into that. So, Well, I think that we definitely need to have a living wage. So I really do think uh, 
I do think we need to have a living wage. I don't think that there should be like a, the minimum wage should be a living wage. I really do think it should be at least fifteen, sixteen dollars an hour. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I know that a lot of the restaurants and all of that are going to have issues with it, or grocery stores, or whatever it is. And I'm in that business, so my family's in that business, so I totally understand. The thing is, is that it's going to raise the prices a little bit, right? It's going to be more like Europe. You know, you, when you go to a restaurant to eat, you pay a heck of a lot more than you do in the United States, and so. You know, that's the way I view it. But then again, when you are at that level of a wage, you can afford to have, you know, the $10 burger or whatever, you know, to go out and spend some money. And I think it creates a much better economy because, you know, the money that just gets, you know, if the minimum wage is up there with, the you know, at the, at the standard of a living wage, people are spending a lot more money. And so the economy does a lot better. So, so since from 1978, uh, to 2018, CEOs' uh, compensation, their salary, rose 1,007.5%. And if we had stayed with that st- uh, that for minimum wage, we'd be around $20, $25 an hour. Mm-hmm. Instead, I think that it, the statistics show that it only grew 12%. Yeah, I don't know how that is. I don't get the statistics. It's much like those Trump polls. Like, I still don't understand them. So, well, I mean, yeah, Jeff it's like Adams, it's weird. You know, he's about to be a trillionaire. You know, no. And you know, you've got Elon Musk, you know, Billy, like it's because we've, we've created recently the most billionaires ever uh, mm-hmm. on the planet, just within the last decade. Yeah. So I think a little bit of a reason, there's a few reasons I'm against it. Just Can I, can I ask a question before you? Yeah, go ahead. What? So you said the, uh, Nick, you said the, the, Minimum wage should be a living wage, right? That's what you said. I definitely, think, I think it should be at least fifteen, sixteen bucks an hour. Yeah. But why? I mean, why? Why should the minimum be what everybody should be a a a living wage? Why? Well, simply because then you can afford to like buy stuff. I mean, right now, if you're making minimum wage at seven and a quarter an hour, you you can't buy anything with that. I mean, you work for you work forty hours a week. That's like three hundred less than three hundred dollars. I mean, it's like it's horrible. They also so, show right. that people who have families and work minimum wage jobs, they have to have three of those minimum wage jobs just to Yeah, just to make ends meet. And so they're working their asses off like crazy. Now you get it up to 15, they'll only have to work maybe one job with a little overtime, you know, especially. But what's going to happen is that it equalizes, right? So so the people like, you know, like in the restaurant, let's say, like if, you know, if my brother has people coming in, working, working at 15. Actually, my brother can't get anybody less than 14 an hour now anyway. He can't get a cook for less than 14 as it is, so... So it doesn't matter, but but if the if the minimum wage goes up to fifteen an hour, let's say everybody works their forty hours, the overtime will you know will be a lot less because you know he doesn't want to pay the overtime, and so suddenly, but people are able to live on six hundred, seven hundred dollars a week, you know. So versus, uh, I mean, look at the look at the unemployment right now. We have that pandemic unemployment assistant, which they added an extra six hundred dollars a week to each person in America that got unemployed and and things have not been that bad so because they've been able to spend you know money like in the economy and all of that so if the so and that's another problem it created another problem as well but which is basically nobody wants to work go back to work now for like a much lower wage because they're getting that 600 bucks but that's ending this week so anyway I, I guess my question is why should the minimum if it's it's called minimum wage for a reason right legally you cannot pay anybody less than that I think if you make minimum wage a living wage, every single thing will go up in price, and yeah. all of a sudden the living wage is is no longer sustainable. Yeah, minimum wage is there to prevent people it's from uh, succumbing to mediocrity, right? You get a better job, 
if you need more money. If everybody yeah. gets paid the same amount of money, that's a form of communism. Well, and then people don't want to strive for more anyway. So you have but everybody who wants to work the bare we minimum. Have, we don't have everybody making the same amount. You've got salary. You've got uh, yeah. union jobs. You got There's a different... Uh, allocations in different, uh, and not everybody's going to make fifteen dollars an hour because I, you're going to have people that make fifty bucks an hour. You're going to have people that make a hundred dollars an hour. You, some attorneys make four hundred dollars an hour. I mean, you know, that's I guess like I misspoke when I said that. What I meant was, if you have you have different levels of jobs, and it takes in certain industries in order for you to get up to let's say fifteen, sixteen dollars an hour, you're like three steps above the guy starting out. So now the guy starting out makes the same money as his boss. What's the incentive there? No, the boss is going to obviously make more. I mean, the prices, look, prices are going to go up a little bit. You're going to have a little bit of inflation, but they're not going to go up that exponentially. No, you know what I mean? Just because the labor went up to 15 bucks an hour. By so saying, by saying uh, make the minimum wage living wage isn't taking everybody's wage and making it the same. It's bringing the bottom wage and increasing it while everybody else is, gets increased. We're talking about the low-skilled workers to be able to go to the grocery store and just work one job instead of three jobs so that they can like buy stuff like everybody else does. That's all we're talking about. So, okay. Fair enough. So that's that's where I'm at about it. Okay. So so if you have another person, let's say that has that makes you know twenty something that fifteen dollar an hour person is probably going to be at like twenty bucks an hour or twenty two bucks an hour or whatever it is, right? So because he's raise, the boss. If, if, so, if you raise everybody's wage at the same rate, you're not doing anything. You're just giving them more money. The price of everything is going to go up at the same not rate. Not really, no, because you're only you're only affecting the labor portion in the in the in the cost production process. So you know what I mean? It's like that's the only portion that's going to go up. So maybe so if you take it up to fifty, let's say you double the wages, right, to fifteen bucks an hour. Okay. OK, the the portion of the of the of the labor. Right. That's the one that's going to increase. So when you increase the prices to make the same profit margin, you only have, really have to increase the price of your product by five percent, you know, or something like that. So it's not that bad. So suddenly the person that got his wage doubled is now able to afford that product as well that he's manufacturing or whatever that is. So, OK, I understand. So here I, I don't get that because. If, if, like Brian was saying, if you have like somebody who has worked away from the company and they're making like $20 an hour now, or they're now working $15 an hour and then we make minimum or minimum wage $15 an hour, I don't, I don't think you can assume that every single person's like wage is going to go up. You're still going to have people who now are making the same as somebody who started out. And I think it's not going to, the idea is it should like trickle down from the top. CEO should make less and then that can whatever, but, and like, you know, go down and expand and kind of make up for everything. But I don't think they're gonna, you know what I mean? Well, like, I think that's kind of a, like giving the CEOs and stuff too much credit. No, I think it's still gonna come out from like the working man's pocket at the end of the day. So you're bringing up another point now that's, that we're going to have to go into taxation. So, so that's interesting because now, you know, when you increase the, the wage, right, then we got to have like taxation for like the upper percentage, right? Because they are paying the least amount of tax right now, especially under the new Trump tax plan. I do taxes all day long. So it's, it, it drives a lot of my clients crazy because they're paying a lot more in taxes now than they did before, you know, mm -hmm. because, you know, they're not able to take all the itemized deductions like they used to. They really, so suddenly you have a system that really benefited the top 1% versus the rest of the country. And so now with the tariffs that have been also imposed, you know, from the, on the China products and everything else, because that's another tax really that we are paying for. So, so all of this other stuff that's happening. So if we don't have a living minimum wage, 
you know, to bring up that kind of standard so that we can purchase even products from China now. I mean, it's it's getting to it's going to get a lot worse, and especially now that they're going to cut off the six hundred bucks a week, they're going to cut off all of this. I have a feeling we're going to get a lot more evictions right now in the country. We're going because people can't afford to live on whatever money you know on without that kind of an assistance because we've become a much bigger welfare state, unfortunately, since. Reagan basically did the big tax cut back in 1986, that huge tax cut that basically benefited all the billionaires. And that has created that trickle down economics really didn't trickle down. It really trickled up. It trickled up just to the one percent. And so and so we have not been able to just get out of that system of like of we just haven't found a solution to get out of that system. Most corporations have not paid any tax. I mean, you have. Amazon paid only 1% in income tax last year, like if you put down the, the profit that they got and the actual tax that they had to pay out. So when you sit there and think about that, and then Jeff Bezos, of course, has become the, you know, the biggest, I don't know, 150 billion, 170 billion, I don't know what his net worth now is. But I mean, when you have trillion. that, I'm no, sorry, he's about to be a trillionaire. Oh, my God, really? Well, Amazon is a trillion dollar company, okay. but he yeah. owns like 15% or 18%. I forgot what it is. But but it's still like, you, you know, it's it's benefited them the most, you know. And then you sit there and think about all the real estate people because all the real estate people that got into that, you know, because Donald Trump is a real estate investor, right? So all of those people got the biggest tax benefit of them all when like they're at that huge level. So because they, they didn't take out like the... Uh, it did, the QBI doesn't affect them. You know, all of that other stuff that they did, it doesn't affect them, but it affects every other person. You know, like I have certain clients that that have high, you know, let's say that they pay $20,000 a year on their property taxes, you know, especially here in New Jersey, which is not uncommon. They get capped now at 10000 bucks, right? So suddenly they lost that deduction that they were able to get before of $10,000, right? Now, if you're a billionaire, it, you don't care, right? Because you're like, yeah, whatever, because your income level at that point is like, you don't really care about that. But your effective rate really went down compared to the rest. So not only that, they got, they changed the corporate structure. You know, they restructured everything. They put everything under C corps now, where they only pay twenty one percent versus thirty seven percent. You know, and all of that that's happened as well. So, and they they always figure out a way to screw the the working man. You know, so right. I mean, if you want to talk tax, we can definitely talk tax. But I, I, yeah. this is, I don't know. Minimum anyway, wage. Sorry about that. It's just that I feel like <laughs> if you want to have a living minimum wage with a proper taxation system, it's going to work. And and, and, and and that's just the way that it is, because it's it's it can only work for the better of like everybody. So it, it could work. I, I mean, I don't I'm not a big fan of government mandating anything. Yeah. If you have the government mandate what they say is a a, a wage that you have to pay somebody, it will increase at the same scale somewhere else. You should let the market or the. Um, you should you should let the market or the economy dictate what people are being paid. Yeah, but the market's always going to right now is only benefiting the top one percent. So the top one percent is not going to allow the bottom of the market to go up. They're not going to allow the the person that's making you know seven. There's not that many making seven and a quarter an hour now anyway. But I, I would say the, the person making ten bucks an hour right now, let's say right, whoever's making that, they're not allowing him to move up because they created the system where they they're keeping them at that level. So if Amazon wants to be the best company out there, but they can't get anybody to work for them because they're paying them so little, they will have to increase the rate of pay to get good workers to come 
and do whatever Amazon stuff that they need to do. Yeah, it, but what, what, what Amazon ends up doing is that they start hiring all these, these other contractors, right? So, so in other words, they're hiring like these outside contractors to do like all this work. There's a huge, you know, Department of Labor thing going on with that too now. But so they're hiring like all these contractors to do the work at a much lower pay than they would pay the actual person that does work for Amazon inside the factory, right? So like the people that are delivering, the, the you know, all of that. But now it's like, they have this other system now that they got through uh, the U.S. Postal Service, which, you know, Donald Trump really hates and that's why he wants to get rid of it. But, the, you know, the, the U.S. Postal System is a, is a functioning system by itself. So they make good money. They, you know, they're not at a minimum wage. Right. So so it's a good thing. But then you have the people that are just private contractors, you know, working for them and they're making less than seven bucks an hour. I, by the time you add all the expenses that they have to do, they're probably making less than seven bucks an hour. So it's kind of like an Uber driver or a, cause that's another thing you got. Everybody's doing these gig things. Now you got Uber, DoorDash, Grubhub. Right, they have know, every right so. and incentive to get another job if they're not being paid enough. Yeah. But yeah. But it's so hard to get another job right now. It's good. Right. Cause we had a high demand, but after this thing with this pandemic is over, I don't even know how many of these people are going to be able to get their old jobs back. So. I, I mean, I guess I have like a different view on it just because, you know, we've all had different experiences and stuff. Mm -hmm. um, first, I just want to say, I don't think anybody should be trying to live off minimum wage. I feel like minimum wage is just there to protect people from like slave labor. I mean, I would hate to, I just, I don't know, like if I was making $17 an hour and then some little kid came in and he started making $17 an hour and he's in high school, like that's not really fair to the other people that I think you should be able to pay some people less than everybody else but um oh no well, okay, nice so let me give you an, let me give you an example so salary wise right <clears throat> there was one time i was working for a company and uh one of the guys who i was working for was like you don't need a college degree it doesn't matter whatsoever and, and sometimes it doesn't right but i told him well actually it does depends on how many college degrees you have because i've got a few and you get paid more when it comes mm -hmm. to salary and he was like no you don't then he told me his how much he got paid he was getting paid $12 less than I was. And I just started. And he'd been there yeah. for years. So he had no college degree. Like, and I did. And I was like, and I didn't say anything because I didn't want to make him feel bad. But when he told me how much he was making, I was like, oh, okay. I was like, that's fine. Uh, and I didn't pursue anymore because, you know, he was a good guy and I didn't want to make him feel bad. But <clears throat> there's that. There's those, that, that's, you know, like there's those levels of, of differences in the wages because mm -hmm. you're right. Yeah. If you've been there a few years and they, and you're making $17 and that's, that's the base pay you come in. Well, you should have been paid more as you as you, as you increased if you were doing a good job based mm -hmm. upon your merit. So when they bring in this new guy uh, that uh, base pay is seventeen, and they haven't moved you up, well then you you like you guys have said you have the right to go and move on to another job to find something better that pays you more because based upon your experience and and your knowledge, uh, because if the company is keeping you still at that base pay, that's unfair to you. Mm -hmm. Or you might like to work there for seventeen dollars still and and stay there, but. Uh, yeah. yeah that's no that's actually a good point um i mean i was thinking personally that you know you said that it, it's not easy to get another job and personally i've had a ton of jobs and i always i thought they all came pretty easily and some of them was when i didn't have a college degree and they weren't glamorous jobs but i was able to make a good amount of money at them too and you didn't have to have a college degree at some of those so i guess to me i just never really i don't buy it that you know it's not easy to get another job no no, no but it, it, is easy. Not, it is easy a job that you job. want really yeah not a job so, that you want you, you know? like and you enjoy that's the hard part you yeah can make like they always say mcdonald's is always hiring so yeah. you can always go work for them 
for minimum mm-hmm. wage. And right. it is a grueling, grueling uh, job for mm-hmm. minimum wage. And that's why their burgers are cheap and things like that, because they can they pass along the savings to their uh, client, their customers. Yeah. But at what cost? You know, uh, because, you know, uh, employee A working at McDonald's has also got to go get a job at Kroger's and all these other jobs and work 90 hours a week mm-hmm. just to pay rent and bills and utilities. Because maybe their educational level doesn't allow them to go get one of those jobs in an office because they're requiring you to have a degree to get in mm-hmm. so that you can make the $20, $25 an hour. Uh, mm-hmm. And when you, so, I mean, there's some studies out there that show that uh, right now, I think the government just recently changed the poverty line to 22000 and under, okay? But, and that's where I believe a family of four. But studies have shown uh, over the years that if you take a family of four in a two-bedroom apartment and, you know, a, a married couple, two kids, uh, that actually making $40,000 a year is below the poverty line. And there are a lot of people. Now, the, the average pay right now, they say, or the average income for the families is 50000 So they're just right above the poverty line. But but who really wants to be right above the poverty line? Because uh, in Maslow's uh, hierarchy of needs, once we fulfill our basic needs of uh, shelter, food, uh, then we can move on. We can uh, enlighten ourselves and, and, and create a better society when we're not struggling to to feed our family or to make sure we have a roof over our head. Plus, it takes care of the wealth gap. I mean, there's like such a huge discrepancy right now in the wealth gap. I mean, it, it's really horrible. People are getting poor every day. Even I'm getting poor every day as we speak. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to lie because there's only so much that I can do, right? So... You know, I mean, I can't keep up with it because the billionaires are always getting it out. They're, they're going to get their share no matter what. So that's okay, why I'm at. So just like hearing what you're saying, it does make a little bit more sense to me now, but I still am not in support of raising a minimum wage to a living wage because two reasons. I just feel like the first one is it keeps people from striving to better themselves if they don't have to work any harder or get a better job than you know, I feel like it, it takes that simple way. But the other thing is like Brian said earlier, I'm very against uh, the government having like more control on things than they need. And I also don't trust our government to take more taxes and allocate those correctly because I mean, they're not doing it now. So why give them more money just for them to like continue to blow it on things that. Yeah. I mean, we live in one of the most mismanaged States in the country. Yeah. What's like the highest taxes. We one live of in one of those. Well, mis- New Jersey too. It's horrible. Yeah. Period. Our, if you look yeah. at our uh, annual spending on our military budget, it is the combined of what the top t- 10 countries in the world. Yeah. Something like that. So yeah. I when that. You, yeah. When you, you got to change everything. And the only way to change that is on the local level and, and go upwards. But mm-hmm. I mean, that's another debate. Mm-hmm. The thing that I, want to see happen is for those families that are working hard uh, to that they don't have to work the three hours because here's what happens if you got a family and dad and mom are working three jobs a week the kids don't have their parents like they like they need to mm-hmm. and, and we don't have that the, the jobs like we used to when our grandparents had a job for life and that job yeah. helped pay and the cost of living where a, a car was a thousand dollars and a house was ten, you know that those days are gone, and they were making a decent uh, wage uh, where they can take vacations every year, mm-hmm. and they can afford Christmas gifts for the kids, and they can and things like that. That those days are gone. And, and you know, for, go ahead. 
Go, sorry, go ahead. Keep going. Sorry. If we want to bring back those days, we've got to bring, be able to not allow you know, uh, person A to have to go work uh, uh, three jobs to support their family. And, and granted, you, know, you could argue, well, they shouldn't have had a family if they can't afford one. And, but that, I would argue that, yeah. Then that's or if they do question. have a family, then they should get themselves a, a job that can sustain their family. But then there's, right. there's other elements against them for the for the that work their and it's really environment, their a lot of times, yeah. So they're so. race. Um, Everything's going to be sometimes against somebody in our in in the way our society is. Okay, speaking on that, that should be on that. That should be the burden of all these CEOs who are making all the money. Like the people at the top, that should be on them to pay their workers more. I don't think the government should be able to. I don't want, like I said. I don't want the government. Well, that's to, where taxation comes in, right? Yeah. Because. We had the highest growth in America was in the 40s and 50s, right after World War II, okay? And the reason we had the highest growth at that time is because everybody was making a good living wage. Taxes for the top, top, they were up to 90% at some point, okay? So it didn't incentivize these CEOs to like go out and make more money. It incentivized them to constantly invest into the their company and constantly grow their company because to hire more employees so that they can get because it made more sense to hire a lot more employees than it did to spend the money on themselves and keep it for themselves than it is now. Mm-hmm. So so the tax structure actually benefited the economy because they were constantly working on the infrastructure within their own businesses. And so by working inside that business, the living wage, every, everybody's living wages just went up. I mean, I look at my grandfather, both my grandfathers, they came to America, right? Immigrants, both of them worked in the steel mills. They, they worked, you know, for 20 years or whatever it was, and they had a kick-ass retirement when they left. They had, you know, I mean, they were able to, like, sustain, you know, put kids through college, put all of that, which is not available today on, like, I'm even, like, 50 bucks an hour. You can't even, I mean, the tuition rates are, like, so high, right? Yeah. So you look at all of that, and the reason being is because back then you had a much, much higher tax rate than you do now. And mm-hmm. so, you know, the moment that Reagan cut into power, and 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 fin- you know and and did the tax cut the living wage also took a tax cut it took a cut as well and the minimum wage just never kept up so so that seems like it's your wheelhouse though you seem to understand more about taxation than I do yeah like, clearly you yeah. do it all the time yeah why, okay. why is that what? so sorry why is that that as soon as Reagan came into power you said taxation went down and that poor that had a negative impact on us as Americans, yes? Well, first of all, in 1973, I think, I don't remember the year, but uh, Nixon ended up taking the dollar off the gold standard. So that was that was one right. thing. So suddenly we were no longer the most valuable currency in the world. We were just another currency in the world, okay? So then suddenly he tied it to petroleum and all this other stuff. Anyway, then what ended up happening was a few years later, right? Reagan comes into power in 1981. So, so you have him. He basically decided, okay, let's do this tax cut thing that he that he promised, right? So in 1986, the biggest tax cut happened because what happened was all these people were paying like all the. I think the highest tax rate at that moment was about 70 percent or something for the top, and people were still okay, even though the 70s had that experience of like unemployment under Carter. You know, we had like all this other stuff that that happened. We were still okay, but when the moment that he cut the tax rate and then all these businesses started making money. The whole, you know, the whole company, the whole economy seemed like it was like on a roll. The actual wages of the people just never kept up. But every person that had their own business and started that whole process, they ended up making bill- hundreds of millions and billions of dollars. I mean, you had leveraged buyouts and 
all this other stuff that was happening at the time, I, I simply guess, because I, they, it was tax incentivized to do it. I, I guess my question is, how is taxation where money is going to the government going to help the individual? No, the it's going to help the individual because because what the CEOs of these companies and, you know, they're not going to spend the money on the tax. They're going to spend it on the business. So, so, what, so they're trying to avoid paying the taxes to the company, to the to the government. So what they're going to do is that they're going to create another division, another company or whatever it is to hire more people and get those people hired. That way they're avoiding to pay the tax on an it, upper level. It's kind of like when you break down your paycheck and you have those incentives to have tax-free uh, portions, like you, you can give some to your healthcare or 401k. So those get taken out pre-tax so that, and, and you get the benefit of that and the government doesn't get that money. So what Nick's saying is, uh, is when the CEOs are, have a high tax on their company and themselves, then they're going to reinvest into the company so that they don't have to send that money back to the government. Right. So, wait, that's, that's something I can understand. That's my question. So you're you said you were like pro more taxation, but you mean on like the top one percent, not on everybody. Oh, just the top one percent. Yeah, of course. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Not on everybody. No, no, <laughs> okay. because then it would then it then it defeats the purpose. You yeah. know what I mean? But it's like we need to we need to get rid of that wealth gap right now that's just been created. I mean, literally, the the rich are getting richer and the poor are getting poorer. I mean, eighty percent right now of the of the Los Angeles Unified School District. I was just watching Lester Holt last night with my in-laws here. That's what we do every night. Anyway, so what? 80% are like below the poverty line, all the kids that are going in there. And, that, and now they, they can't go back to school. And so they're from poor you know, homes, most of them. So I'm just thinking maybe Beverly Hills High School is probably the only school I'm thinking that's probably not affected by this. But you sit there and think about it. Now, if they all had a living wage, it wouldn't be an issue, right? So... It wouldn't like they wouldn't be struggling as much as they are doing now. So, you know, to send them back to school and, you know, because they want they want their kids back to school. But, mm -hmm. you know, but with coronavirus, it's kind of difficult to send them back to school. So somebody has to stay home. So what would the last one of the income be? Like what dollar amount would a living wage be? Well, right now, I don't know. Bernie Sanders said it was about 15. I, I'm a huge Bernie supporter. So, I mean, I love him. You know, I, I do listen to. Is it Dan Rubin or Dave Rubin? I always mix his name up. I don't know, a libertarian guy. So he has a podcast. Um, but I like I, I listen to some of his philosophy. It's interesting. And then I listen to, um, but I don't know, 15 bucks an hour. I think it's livable. They it's say livable. between 15 and $18 an hour should be I, sustainable. I, I personally think 20 bucks an hour is better, but that's just me. So because that's yeah. 800 bucks a week. I mean, that's perfect. 40 grand a year. You know, that's pretty good. So, and so I just, I without, can get behind raising the living wage, but I mean, again, I don't think, I think, you know what, no, I can get behind taxing the top 1% more and that forcing them like naturally just to pay their workers more, but I still right. don't like the government like mandating the living wage. So, right. I mean, that's, that's okay. what I can like. I think that's like yeah. a common. Well, problem. look, I I agree. Yeah, so I agree with that. And what I love about the libertarian philosophy, I and mean, I love the fact that you guys, I mean, I even love it because you know it's like a woman can do whatever she wants with her body, a man can do whatever he wants with his body. There's like no, you know, the government doesn't really have much overreach, you know, in those parts of the, you know, as far as like what we can do with ourselves. The only thing is that I never understood was like the taxation part, right? So, like. Because it's like you can pay whatever you want, so whatever that means. So I I, do, I didn't quite understand it, but I'm going to research it a little bit more.
because I'm I'm like I'm liking a lot more of the stuff. I think we're much more alike than we are apart. So so I really do like that. I guess the last thing I'm really going to say about this is every everybody brings up Amazon, right? Right. How rich the guy from Amazon is. Right. And how big the company has got. And everybody's saying, oh, wow, look, he's so he's going to be a trillionaire, right? He's going to be so rich. And, uh -huh. oh, we should tax him more and we should stop that. Why don't you stop buying his stuff? And the entire America is complaining about how rich and how big Amazon is. And yet they still buy shit on Amazon every single day and they get richer and richer. And they expect the government to mandate that he should have to pay more back. If you really don't like the company and what, what is happening, you don't have to buy it. Yeah. So what do you want to do? You want to give it to Walmart to the Walton family? I mean, it's the same thing. You have your you choice. To give it to the Target. You want to yeah. give it to the Hudsons in Minnesota for Target? I mean, that's basically it. You got the top three dogs right now as well. No, that's, that's Walmart, American, Amazon, and whatever. So that's Americans being lazy and Americans. You said in the seventies things changed. We started outsourcing a lot of our production to other countries in the seventies. Right. You so you wanted to know why our economy grew so much in the forties and fifties. A lot of other countries weren't doing so great. They were having regime changes. They were having revolutions. They were destroyed from World War II. A lot of stuff had to be made in America, and the economy boomed. As soon as we became okay with the fact that our goods were going to be made in Japan, in parts of Europe, in South America, we gave up our right to produce our own stuff. It had a negative impact on our economy. So everybody complains about how rich these rich these but companies nobody wants to work in manufacturing in america right now yes, yes they absolutely they do i don't see just it because, i just, just haven't seen it yet but just because they don't doesn't mean that they don't want to i guarantee you right if you're going to pay the guy 15 dollars an hour to sweep the floor at your local ihop i bet you there's another guy who would rather get paid 15 dollars an hour to work in a factory all right well good let's get that let's get some manufacturing going let's create a product it's widget. too late. The time has passed for that. The ship has so, sailed and it, it can't be it cannot be rebuilt in this country without some sort of change from consumers. Well, what is your what is your solution then to stop that person from having to work three minimum wage jobs? I, I, I am a big believer, right or wrong, that a lot of the problems in our country are based on individuals and individual choices. If you don't like Walmart and what they stand for, don't go to Walmart. If you don't like Amazon, don't order stuff online. People do because of the convenience factor. It's not the convenience factor. It's the cheap factor. It's the that's, cheap that's, factor. That's, it's, that's, it's, that's, it's, it's the not, cheapest thing. I find more stuff that's cheaper on Amazon than I do anywhere else. Yeah, so, and, uh, and Walmart, yeah. the, reason, the reason why they're the number one grocery store in the world is because of their prices. Right. And uh, that's, th that's it. That's what it boils down to. Those people who are working the three minimum wage jobs can't afford to go to Whole Foods. And right. can't afford to go to wherever Kroger's or Albertsons or whatever. The Whole Foods employees working at Whole Foods cannot afford Whole Foods. I mean, think right. about that. So, so the corporate the corporations that are responsible for making people poor are also forcing people to shop there. Yeah. Okay. So if I like the forcing idea people to shop there. I didn't say that well, they're forcing them no, to shop they're not there. Forcing, Finan they're financially, they're, they are forcing people to shop. Of course, there. they are. The yeah. Incentive. Yeah. So I so. like the idea of like Brian said, if you don't if you don't like the fact that Jeff Bezos makes so much and doesn't trickle it down to his employees, mm -hmm. if people stop shopping at Amazon and start shopping, like everyone now is like protesting and they're all about like we're gonna boycott this and we're gonna do this. Like if we all work together and stop buying at Amazon, that's gonna force like just because that so he look, wants to if he was taxed, if too. if Jeff Bezos was taxed the proper tax, let's say that he was taxed like the 1970s tax of 70% or whatever it is. Trust me, he's going to try to avoid paying that tax as much as possible by increasing people's wages, 
by increasing the price. I mean, we're going to have like a different inflation. Right now, we are so stuck on like this 2% inflation per year, whatever it is. Like it's a, you know, like it's a, the top 1%, it doesn't matter what it is. They're going to make that money no matter what. So even if we have a little increase in inflation, but everybody can afford the products without having to work three jobs, I'm okay with it. So, and, and there's where you get your manufacturing jobs back because, and that's where they create, come back. Yeah, he's going to want to create more jobs so that he doesn't pay that all that tax back to the government. Right. I can. I on it. I I've never been for taxing the top one percent more, but yeah. it makes a lot more sense after talking with you guys about yeah. it. And I oh. I can kind of get behind that. All right. And I I agree with you, Brian. I mean, our nation went bad when we went overseas. I mean, war is profitable. So. During the during our World War II, when we full force, you know, went into you know making the machines for war, we were creating productivity. And coming out of World War II, we could show the world that hey, mm -hmm. if you want to buy quality war products, America is the way to go. If you want to buy quality steel, America is the way to go. And then once we gave that technology away to the other countries uh, to be able to make it cheaper, then that's that was our shift. That was and also. Nick saying we got away from the gold standard, we, meaning for every dollar that we produced or made, we had to back it up with gold. When you take that away, what do you have? You have paper. You have fake. It's just a paper money. currency like anywhere yeah. else. It's yeah, like it's nothing it, now. So, so really, I mean, when the <laughs> hits the fan. Oops, well, I just said my first curse word today. All right, <laughs> I'm trying. I was trying to keep a PG. But anyway, but anyway, good. I mean, who really cares? <laughs> I, know, I know, right? Anyway. Look, inflation eventually is going to hit America. It's going to be a lot worse than it is now. I mean, we are printing so much money because of this pandemic unemployment thing. This, I mean, it's going to be it's going to be really really tough. And I don't think that people are going to be hiring as much after this. So it's going to be a really tough time. And uh, you know, I just wish that more people had a living wage because if if somebody can do that, I think it I think it's a better thing for us. I'm, so. I'm very I'm very glad you actually said that because yeah. I think that made me realize that. The, the problem I have with raising the minimum wage to what everybody uh, us, everybody agrees to be a, a living wage mm -hmm. is that it's putting a Band-Aid on a, on, a, on a gunshot wound. It is a very small concession in order to fix a problem that it, that it will not fix. There needs to be many, many other Change. changes in order for us to... Well, that's why I said you got to put the taxation in place. You got to put every... It all has to work together. Uh, otherwise, it won't work. So... Yeah, there's no... And there's I'm not no an economist. You know, I, I just... Look, my only thing is like I just come from a tax point of view, like a lot of times, and you know, and I and I advise my clients, you know, like what you need to do here to save money and what you need to do there to save money, and and trust me, I, I do everything I can so that they can take the best advantage of whatever they need to do so that they can pay the the most little amount of tax that they can. So, you know, and uh, the thing is, is that. If we don't have a proper taxation place, the living, the minimum wage, you know, being a living wage is not going to work either. So, mm -hmm. so that's that's basically it. All right. Yeah. They all they all they all work together, in my opinion. So. Yeah, I think that's a good common ground. Yeah. Um, so. I think we should probably wrap the topic up. All right. Sure. Yes. So. Thank you, everybody, so much for joining us. I hope you guys enjoyed this conversation. If you did, you can actually check out. Nick and Russ's podcast. Nick and Russ don't know anything. They're cool dudes, by the way. Yeah. I love talking to you guys. All right. Thank you, everyone. Thanks for Thank listening, you. guys. Yeah. Thank you. Thank All you right. very much. Bye. Bye-bye. Thanks again for joining us on this week's quest to understand the other side. If you like this episode, please share it with a friend. 
You can connect with us on social media. Links in the description. There, you can let us know what you thought of the episode or what you'd like to hear us cover next. New episodes are released every Monday. This has been Domestic Debates. Until next time.